The Big Small Business Show is brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa. Transform the future of your business. Partner with the CASA today. And the courage to grow is business. MTN Business, a new world of business. A warm welcome to the big small business show, not the small business show, but the big small business show. On our menu today, we have our panel discussion with Nicole Msibi from Before Time Edlond Law Events. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, her business and how she actually took almost a year to get this business off the ground as her father took a risk to finance this business. And uh, it's a very interesting uh, discussion that we have at panel. Um, around small businesses and uh, their challenges and uh, whether you are doing the right things in order to grow your business. Our psyche of success slot today was, uh, is with Warren Bonheim from Zinnia and you are going to hear an incredible story of somebody goes from zero to hero to zero to hero. An incredible roller coaster ride and, and something not to be missed by any entrepreneur who's actually doing well right now because you are, are going to learn what not to do when your business does well. Fantastic interview, very inspirational entrepreneur. Our expert slot today is with Joey Mateja from CIPC and uh, Juanita Stinekam from SICA. They're talking about format changes to the submission of annual financial statements to CIPC effective from 2018. So uh, do be aware that things are changing in terms of registration and uh, and how you register and uh, that might have a big effect uh, on your business uh, into the future so so do stay tuned to that this particular segment is our panel segment where we have an entrepreneur in studio who's going through a particular issue and the panel made up of mona lisa who is our marketing guru uh, and Kumaran, our finance guru and lover of competition, is, uh, is uh, here to help that entrepreneur. Our guest in studio today is Nicole Msibi, who is co-founder of Before Time in Blonde Law Events. This Soweto-based family business offers catering and events equipment, and they also have decor for hire. Let's have a look. Time in Dondlo Events is a business specializing in hiring out catering equipment for parties and corporate functions and also providing decor services for weddings. With the rough start of not receiving any clients in 2012, moving door to door to market their business, the owners Nicole Msibi and her father Nick Msibi have taken several risks to ensure the success of their company. It was uh, hard because the business was uh, started in 2012. So we didn't have uh, money to s buy the equipment to start the, the business. So my dad resigned that year because he was not feeling well. So we, are, we took a risk and uh, used his package to buy the, the equipment. So it was so hard because to, uh, the whole 2012 we, we didn't have clients. After we spent all the money on <laughs> catering. You know people they don't uh, give uh, starters a chance to prove that they can deliver. End of 2012, 
one big client gave us a chance to supply them. So that was a breakthrough for us. Before time, they, they are professional. They, they make you feel that you're in a good space because of the services, that they, the, professional, the professionality behind the services as well. They, they always on time. They, they, they present you know, their services in such a way that you don't look anywhere else. So they're very professional when it comes to the, what they're doing and what they provide in the catering space. With the company being in operation for over four years, Nicole and Nick have made a turnover of over one and a half million rand in the last financial year, employing a staff of eight and gaining more corporate clients. before time. before before time, Indonga Events continues to struggle with the branding of their business, relying heavily on word of mouth to gain more clients. Nicole and Nick seek to improve the marketing of their business and develop the skills of their staff. The only person who does marketing is my dad word of mouth <laughs> so if I can get maybe someone uh, marketing aspect who can help me and teach me how to market myself yeah now Nicole asked for assistance on how to create brand awareness in order to grow her business so welcome Nicole thank you um, Okay, let's just go back to that. I'm trying to understand that year where you had no clients because I wrote down here you went door to door and I thought that was really, really good. So in the whole year, when you say you went door to door, what doors were you knocking on? Were you knocking on uh, the residential doors in Soweto? Uh, were you knocking on corporate doors? What doors were you knocking on? Okay, in corporate uh, doors. Okay. I was knocking at corporate doors, so some... They didn't even check my profile and stuff. Some were listening to me, but not coming back to me. So and and what were you saying when they asked the question, uh, what makes you different to every other uh, company? What, what, how did you answer that question? Okay, I answered them, but uh, what makes me different is the quality of the product that I'll supply to them. But everyone would say that. Why would your competitor not say that? Yeah, they have. Okay. I, yeah. And then I promised them that I'll make sure that I'll deliver extra ordinary service and make sure that I'm always on time to deliver their... Uh, and would your competitor service. not al also say that? They can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they can. <laughs> yeah. And do you so think they do say that? I mean, that's really... Mm -hmm. and, and because obviously after a year, I'm trying to work out mm. after a year of, of knocking on doors. Yeah. And what do we mean by how many doors a day did you knock on? Did you knock on one door a day, one door a week, one, one door every hour? How, how many doors did you knock on? Yeah, kids was, I can say twice a week into corporate and then... Uh, at the location, I used to distribute flyers at the mall and garages and the, and the shop, yeah. 
This is definitely going to be your your <laughs> uh, session today. Lots of marketing. Mm. Question from you, Mona Lisa. So I wanted to find out, Nicole. I mean, it's called catering and decor, mm. right? What do people come for? Do they come for the fact that you have exceptional catering, um, food quality, or exceptional decor? Is it a combination? What have you seen? It's the combination. Uh, actually, when we started, we started uh, with the catering and decor equipment hiring only. Okay. So we just went to do catering since uh, my partner with my dad was a chef for 30 years. Okay. So we decided, okay, in order to make money again, why don't we try catering site also? Okay. So that's uh, also work for us. Which one Which so one do you guys, if I can say, <laughs> if there's no other word I can think of, yeah. enjoy the most delivering? Do you enjoy delivering the catering or the decor aspects? I can say, me, I enjoy delivering the deco site, and my dad is enjoying delivering the catering, catering. sites. Yeah. Okay. All right. Come on. Tell me, in the insert, I heard you saying you're looking for someone to teach you, someone to show you mm. about marketing. What have you done already for yourself up to now in that regard? Okay, I can say uh, I try to to hire someone who was uh, who was having a diploma in marketing, so I so I tried to hire her part time. So I didn't see any result because I asked her also to teach me or go with me how how she approached the client in a good way that uh, the client can be impressed. Mm -hmm. So I saw that the, the, I didn't benefit anything uh, since I was having her for three months. I didn't, he di she didn't bring any clients. So if maybe I can get someone closer to me who can maybe when uh, she go, I was there to make her to go with me so I can see how she do things. Yeah. We're gonna have to take a break now. Uh, after the break, we'll continue with more questions for Nicole. Welcome back. Now, our guest today in studio is Nicole Sibi, co-founder of Before Time in Law Events. This business offers catering and events equipment, and they also have they call for hire. Before the break, we were trying to understand, how uh, to start off with Kumaran was asking what uh, Nicole has done in order to uh, glean marketing expertise, what she's done for herself, and spoke about the fact that she has brought in an external person. Um, and I was uh, trying to get a, a sense of the uh, how proactive uh, Nicole was. Uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to ask a, a, another question, uh, Nicole. Around, like I asked this question, and, and hear it in the right way. Uh, do you think you are the entrepreneur, or your father's the entrepreneur, or both, or none? I think. Both of us. Why? Because we are so keen to success, both of us. We support each other. 
both of us try to market our business even though my father is trying to market via catering site so I can say we both entrepreneurs okay and and in terms of the 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 staff your eight staff are there eight permanent staff no it's a uh, four permanent for the other one uh, the other four are casual and uh, sorry okay yeah. Uh, no, I wanted to establish whether the four are in the catering aspect of the business or the deco. The the four are uh, permanent uh, staff. Uh, they are busy with the uh, catering uh, equipment hire because during the week we hire out equipment. Okay. So they are busy that, and then casually they are working when we got functions. Uh, yeah. Last question for me and for myself. No, right, it's is, okay. Is, uh, you you s uh, said in the insert you did one and a half million revenue. How did you how do you get uh, those clients? How did you get your first, second, and third client? Okay, my first client did, uh, it was a corporate client. Yes. We went there. Yeah. And then uh, to pitch, there were there were a lot of people who were pitching that day. So even though we went there, we didn't have a clue how to pitch. We just Google and see how other people in videos will pitch there. So we went there without a laptop, without the tablet. They didn't even know how to use a projector. So some of the people were using projectors. We went there with our equipment, just show them, and then we stand there and then tell them about before time. And then okay. they like us, they give us a chance from there. That's how we got business. That's how before time grow. Okay, not not definitely not speak. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's I, 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 you'll see in the summary why I want to really establish this, right? Okay. So, um, you the the it's it's, it's probably Kumaran's forte, but I want to understand that 1.5 million was it made up mostly of hiring of equipment. Or was it made up of uh, catering? Or was it? I, I'm just trying to understand. I think for me, what do your clients really, really want from you? Um, and because I'm just, um, I'm, I do understand that need to package, you know, convenience and and be a one stop. Um, and I'm just trying to understand which is the one that speaks to the core of your company. I do understand your dad is a chef, and you like the decor. And I just want to know, is that is is is, is what, what what drives your business? Yeah, okay, it's catering equipment hiring. Okay, all right. And do you own all that catering equipment? Sorry, I'm asking. Yes. You. I said I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, you we do. It. Okay, come on. I'm good. I'm ready for summary. You're ready for summary, and you it didn't even be. try and <laughs> pre summarize. <laughs> no, I've got. I was gracious. I gave you guys. <laughs> Sure, he's going to have a long summary. I no. have one more question. So your events then, let's say, so now you're delivering a catering and a deco event. Is it mostly corporates? And if it's not and it's private clients, is it weddings? Is it what kind of events are you attracting? Okay, it's a, uh, for deco, it's uh, just private for weddings, parties, kids' parties, and baby shower. Okay. And then for corporates, we supply the, the equipment. equipment. Okay. Yes. All right. What's the toughest thing? other than sales in the business? What's the toughest thing that you experience in the business, other than sales? It's when maybe the client wants something and I can't find it. It's a difficult sourcing. thing. So yeah, outsourcing it or to buy, because sometimes the client would say, okay, I want this uh, coffee and in two days, and then you just have to Google and check where you can get this thing or 
have the supplier that can give you that uh, in two days. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm. All right, well, that's it uh, for uh, the second part. We're going to take a break now and we'll come back with our summaries. I'm going to start with you, Kamaran, because uh, you've been very, very quiet. quiet. Yeah. A warm welcome back. Now, our guest in studio today is Nicole MCB, who is co-founder of Before Time in Law Events. This business offers catering and events equipment, and they also have decor for hire. Before the break, we were getting a sense of uh, what the difficulties were in, in the business, uh, and uh, uh, now it's time for, for summaries. We're going to yeah. start with you. No, you said you're going to start with Kumar. No, I was just saying. <laughs> <laughs> You want me to start? Yeah, please. Right. Uh, Nicole, your question to us was how can you get guidance around branding? Mm -hmm. But it was really, if I go behind that, it was a sales and marketing. If I go behind that further, it was about how do you grow your business with sales and marketing being uh, the pillar. And uh, my concern is around your language. Uh, when you said in the insert, you know, I reminded you, you said, I want someone to show me, I want someone to explain to me and whatever it is and then I asked you what did you do for yourself mm. you said you hired this lady and you asked her to teach you as well so for me maybe I'm misinterpreting it but that's a, you know there's two instances yeah. now the language is a concern for me because it's a, it's a disempowering mm. way of mentioning it others must do on to for me and that's that's a concern I tell you why because with entrepreneurs we all start off at a formative stage. There's not much resources we have. Yeah. And one of the key skills every successful entre entrepreneur has to have, and there are many, but a key one is the natural ability or, or learned ability around sales and marketing. It's intrinsic to them. It's not a function they can afford to outsource because there ain't nobody else often. And they have to learn it. And they're selling the vision. They're selling the vision to themselves in the mirror every morning, mm. to the funders, to the employees, and to the customers. It's a sales thing. It has to be learned and part of your cellular makeup. So the, you see now the disempowering language and against this, you see the two where it's an issue. So mm -hmm. my advice to you is to reframe how you see this issue, to say, listen, mm -hmm. if it is to be, it's going to be up to me, this growth thing. And I can't have anyone else teaching and show me. I have to be in charge of learning it and having it being part of my being because that's what it takes to be an entrep a successful entrepreneur so i'm going to read up read up i'm going to wise up yes i'm going to ask them questions but mm -hmm. i'm going to drive the empowerment of this thing myself the frame first of all when the frame is right then you're going to go out into exclusive and buy the books and then you'll be on your path so the one singular thing is around the frame okay okay i think my advice um, dovetails, that's the term that Alon always uses. Mm. Um, and, and, and remember, we, we, we give advice on what, what we've shared in the very brief moment we've mm. been together. I think, um, coming from that, I think part of the issue that you have is that, and I really commend the family for taking on the risk. Um, you know, it was brought on by, you know, you had the speciality with your dad and something that you were passionate about. But I think to a large extent, you've let the business just happen by chance. Mm -hmm. So you've let things happen and see what goes and what doesn't go. That doesn't take away from the efforts that you've made. Now, where the problem with that is, is that you're not able to really have a grip of what it is that you specialize 
advertising in. Um, it's by chance that corporates have got the, the, co the equipment. You've said it yourself, sometimes you have difficulty in finding certain equipment. A business that says, look, our business in the corporate space is the catering. We've got to be ahead now. We've got to understand what is in the events and in the catering equipment, what do they want? What is, what is the next best thing? And that for me would be a business that is not letting things happen by chance, but is being proactive so that they can respond to clients' needs well ahead of time. And I mean, it plays on, 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 on what you've branded yourself before time. So it means as a business and as a function, you've got to be ahead of time. And I, I'm, I'm just cautioning that I think because of what happened within the family and your dad not being well and having to, it's, it was by chance you needed to secure income at the, uh, you know, because of that. So I think you need to detach yourself from that emotion mm -hmm. and really focus on what this business is known for and is going to stand out for and start to market that. Because you can get all of the sales, um, you know, can read up, but if you still don't have that sense of, you know, uh, just being proactive, it, it won't add any value. Okay. I'm going to go into places I've never been before <laughs> in this show. Name the three big companies in South Africa. You can say Bidvest. Yeah. Uh, Tsokosan. Yeah. All right. That's good. That's, that's good. Okay. So all of those have one thing in common. They're short. Okay. Mm. They're short. And even so you got oh. Bidvest. You got okay. Tsokosan mm. is two words. It was Samsung. It was it was Google. It was Facebook. Mm. It was all one word. one word. But your business is, is, is let's go. It four. is four before time and Londo events. events. Okay, and even in the it, we spent time with you. We've read, the, you know, your your stuff, and even Mona Lisa was still cutting it cutting. there. Mm. She wasn't uh, adding in. Mm. Okay, so the first place I'd go to from a branding point of view is your name is needs to be memorable. Mm. It is hard to remember your mm. your your name. Mm. Okay, so. Uh, so th that's num the number one place. And whether it's before time, two words, mm. or in Londo, catering, you've got to choose. But that name has to, in my opinion, has to, has to go, um, has to change. The second thing I want to talk about is the sense of urgency. I, you know, I'm going to com come into what Kamara was speaking about, which was the sense of urgency. You know, and that's why the question was, who, are you entrepreneurial or not? And how would you define and why? The most important thing that I look for in entrepreneurs is a sense of urgency. And that's why I'm saying in a year, for you not to get any clients in a year, my question is why wasn't there a sense of urgency in terms of trying to say, okay, this is not working, let me try something else, let me try something else, a sense of urgency. So I'd go back to trying to work out how you get a sense of urgency in order to be, to succeed. Because if, if you are, are, you said you did one and a half million last year, it might be word of mouth, it might be whatever. You might start even resting on your laurels as word of mouth steps in until somebody else comes in and says, oh, we are give you better service or better price, and then they compete with you on, on things that you were saying. The third thing is the definition of sales and marketing. They are not the same thing. Your marketing lady that came, you called her a marketing lady. Marketing is not sales. Sales is not marketing. They're mm. completely different things. Sales to me, the definition is one-on-one, face-to-face in mm. front of you. I am here selling to you. 
okay, I might use marketing material, I might use marketing to get me to that meeting, but sales is one skill, marketing is another. So when you are thinking about the, your skills, upskilling yourself in marketing, mm-hmm. the question might be to upskill yourself in sales and marketing, two separate different things. And what Kamara was speaking about in terms of getting the books and reading and building your own skills and not outsourcing it to somebody else, it's important that you make that, uh, that definition. After the break, I'm joined by Warren Bonheim from Zinnia for an interview in our Psyche of Success slot. We're going to unpack the rapid growth of his former company, how he had to deal with failure, and the mental strength it took to build another business. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is the Big Small Business Show. Now my guest in studio today in our Psyche of Success slot is Warren Bonheim. He's Chief Commercial Officer at Zinnia. This company is a full business internet service provider and now records 50 million rand in annual revenues with a 70%, that's a 70% year-on-year growth. That's phenomenal. But Warren's entrepreneurial journey hasn't always been moonshine and roses. There was a time when he had it all and lost it all. Welcome. Thank you. So Thanks let's go before you lost it. Yeah. Let's go to how it started. Yeah. How did it start? Um, well, I started my company when I was just 22 years old, my first company. Um, I kind of knew I was good at selling, you know, and I thought I knew kind of everything there was to know about business. But being young and, you know, maybe a bit foolish, ran into it head first. Mm-hmm. Um, so the beginning was, was very tough, you know. Um, not understand- well, you know, you understand what you know, you know, so my whole world before that was selling. I didn't know how to run a, a, an operational process, I didn't know how to run the finances, didn't know how to, even from the smallest little process, you have to have documentation, you have to have people that check things, you have to have relationships with suppliers, so everything literally had to start from scratch, mm. you know. So. So it was a it was a major learning. What business was it? It was a telecommunications business. Right. Yeah. So we we got the the offices we could afford, which was literally above a little carry manufacturing plant. Uh, it was a small little office with one desk, one telephone, one seat, and we had to take turns making telephone calls, booking appointments to see clients. Um, and midsummer, the heat was you know 35 and up. No aircon. No aircon. <laughs> kind of had to pull our money together for petrol for one car. So it was, it was certainly quite a, a testing experience, but it was quite exciting mm-hmm. being the first journey. Um, so that process took some time. And as we started to, to, to make progress, we started to make money, um, the upswing came quite quickly. Now, coming from very humble beginnings, um, making the money you know, self-made, you know, the first time I, I tasted a bit of money, mm. it kind of was a bit overwhelming. Yeah. You know, so so the basics that were fundamental in making us grow the business and getting us to where we needed to be, now all of a sudden became trivial. Yeah. Because now all of a sudden we had we had money. Yeah. You, know? you go through that sort of arrogant phase and that rush yeah. of blood to the head. Absolutely. You you're young, you you're full of adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> and you first thing you get down to the car dealership. Yeah. Go get some toys. Um, so so the business actually grew um, phenomenally. And I mean this this process took a few years. You know this took us 
At that stage, we were about, also about 50, 60 people and uh, two branches, different divisions. So we grew enormously. And at that stage, we kind of lost sight about what got us there, you know, and stopped managing the business mm. and started, you know, just spending money and having fun and, and, and acting like a rock star. Mm. So and that's the beginning of that end. That was the beginning <laughs> of the end, yeah. yeah. So, so, so when, do, when do you wake up? I mean, there's obviously one day where you, like, the, you've, it comes crashing down and you like, you go, do, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> what did I do? Yeah. What happened that day? Yeah. Like, so, so the big mistake was I didn't, I didn't keep my, my eye on running the finances, cash mm. flow. Mm. You know, just spending, and, and not necessarily just on, on myself, but in the business, over, you know, too much growth, too quickly, uh, not managing the money. And, you know, one day we sat down and, and realized we're in trouble. You know, we can't cash flow this business anymore. We've got debt we need to pay for. And, you know, there may be orders, there may be business coming, um, but you've, you've now run your business into a hole. And at that point, it was a very humbling experience to, to sit there and actually realize that the next step is calling people in in retrenchments and, and literally going back down to ground zero. So did you close that business or you just shrunk? That business closed. That closed. I right. sold off what I could. Yeah. Um, and did you go to lick, lick your wounds somewhere for a, a time? Well, you know, being the kind of driven person that I am, I, I ran straight into the next thing without thinking. Uh, a business completely south of what I knew. Mm -hmm. um, put whatever I had into that business, bonded the house that I had, and put out all the money, and that literally failed fairly quickly. Now, at that point, I sat and I didn't have money to, to even get to the garage mm -hmm. to put petrol in. So two times now you failed? Two times. Okay. So, so now, the courage to start again after that, because if you look at South Africa's re-entry rate, we sit at just over one time. So South African entrepreneurs fail once and never go back. Yeah. You've done it twice and you've gone back for a third time. What, what do you think makes you do that? Well, maybe it's maybe I'm stupid and and I, I enjoy pain. But you know, for me, nothing nothing ever incredible in life comes from from the easy route. And I had opportunities to get a, a job at a, a good paying salary, and was being told by everybody around me, "Don't be stupid, take the job, take the salary, mm. move on, you know, write it off as a bad experience, and just just get going." Um, but at no point did I ever doubt that I could make it. I, 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 just, I just refused to believe it. And, you know, I woke up and, you know, every day, especially in those hard times, you don't want to get out of bed. Mm. You don't want to put a smile on your face, mm -hmm. sit in front of a customer and, and push forward. Um, but the, you know, the courage you need to push forward is the difference between success and failure. I mean, I think, like you said, most people after the first failure, um, you know, give they up and move yeah. on. Yeah. And, and maybe it was my... So, my mm. so looking at your stats now, you, you know, talking about 70% year-on-year growth, I mean, that, that, uh, that would also be a scary ride. Don't, don't, what makes you think that, you know, you can handle this level of growth? Because you've been through that growth before. What, yeah. do, what, what are you considering now that you didn't consider then 
in order for you to, to handle that sort of uh, level of year-on-year year year growth? Well, the decisions we're making are long-term decisions. Long-term decisions in terms of cash flow, in terms of partnerships, in terms of employees, uh, products, whatever. Everything is about you know, a long-term strategy. So as much as we view uh, the growth, it's, it's a calculated risk, you know, nothing without risk, but we always work on a worst case scenario. Should we not meet those goals and we have now increased our overheads to that point, will we still survive? Can we still make sure that our business is in a position to pay our staff, to pay our suppliers, to pay our, our taxes? You mm. know, so all the major bases are covered you know, we take those steps forward in order to grow, um, but not to kill the business. Yeah. But, you know, any growth in any business, it comes with risk, you know, and, and that has to come into consideration. Last question from me uh, now is, if there was somebody out there uh, watching this and they were in that, they were lying in bed watching this because they couldn't get out of bed because they just failed, what advice would you give them in less than a minute? Um, <laughs> <laughs> If, if, if you lie in bed, look at your, at your life, look at your room, look at the experience you're going to have that day. If that doesn't meet what you believe of yourself, mm. then you have to make sure that you find the courage, the strength to get out of bed, to face those challenges. Because everybody looks at somebody who's successful and they say, look how lucky he is. Mm. But I can guarantee you, every successful person didn't just arrive there one day. The amount of of hurdles and, and you know, obstacles they've had to overcome to get there is enormous. You know, so, so that's what sets you apart. And you've got to decide, is that, is that the kind of person you are? Is that who you want to be? If not, then, then don't. But if you are, that's what you need to do. It's the only thing. Warren Bonham, uh, what an inspirational story. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Now, from the 1st of July 2018, CIPC will require that you submit your annual financial statements using, now listen to this, IXBRL, IXBRL, as documents in a PDF format will not be accepted any longer. After the break, I'm joined by Joey Mateja from uh, CIPC and uh, Juanita Stenekamp, uh, who's on the show often from SICA will answer all your questions, so all my questions in that regard. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is the Big Small Business Show. Now, from the 1st of July 2018, it will be mandatory to submit your annual financial statements to CIPC, making use of IXBRLs. Too many letters. <laughs> IXBRL, the IXBRL standard. Now, IXBRL is the abbreviation for Inline Extensible Business Reporting Language. Joining me now in studio to give you more information is Joey Mateja. Uh, senior manager corporate uh, compliance and disclosure regulation at CIPC and uh, one of our regulars Juanita Stinekamp project director governance and non-IFRS <laughs> reporting at SICA 
Wow, that was a mouthful of uh, <laughs> of all sorts of things. Let's uh, let's start with you, Joey. Um, this IXBRL, w what exactly is it? What what is it? <laughs> Thank you, Alan. Um, IXBRL is basically a a mechanism for reporting, which allows uh, entities that report to report. Rep to submit reports which are both machine readable and human readable. Okay. Because usually um, when reports are generated, they would be submitted to CIPC in a PDF form. Yes. But through XBRL, the systems within CIPC are also able to receive and read the content of, the, of those reports. Okay, so just let me try and c uh, clear this up now. So I if, if I submit a, a PDF, a human can read it. Yes. Okay, but a, a computer can't read it. It, it, it doesn't have the, the digital format inside for it to be translated into in various uh, templates so that you won't know what's in various fields within a template. But with IXBRL, the computer then can uh, understand what's in that document. Would that be a good summary? Yes, it, it is a good summary. Okay. So what, 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 what does it, this mean? You know, this show is all about small business. Mm -hmm. And um, it feels like now something else. Now it is going to cost me money as a small business to do this. Um, what does it mean for me, the small business? Okay. So first things, um, the small business would have to go and see whether that this applies to them. So if you were filing your financial statements currently, yes. you would have to file next year as well. Yes. So the filing says that if you are required to be audited in terms of the Act, you have to file your financial statements. But many smaller companies and closed corporations, remember this also applies to closed corporations, many of them, um, they submitted their financials anyway because you either have to submit financials or file a financial accountability supplement. Mm -hmm. So for some of them, the accountability supplement was just too much work, so they would have filed their financials. And all those financials from next year needs to be filed using IXBRL. Okay. So, so just, you know, Joey, from a... I just want to get to like uh, how my life is going to change. I just want to get because I'm I'm watching this now and I'm thinking, what's going to change in my life? So, I was submitting before. Was I was I using a PDF before to submit? Emailing the PDF to CIPC. Okay, and now do I go online and there is a form there? Do I have to download some software now and then I use it? What what's different? other than the fact that it's a different language. What do I physically, what's different in my life? The basic difference is this will be machine-to-machine -machine submissions, which means if the output of a set of financials was PDF, yes. this time there will be software which will uh, allow an uploading of a structured uh, type of document into CIPC. So it will be a soft copy. Yes. Into the CIPC. But systems. do I go into the, into the CIPC? I don't have to have anything on my system. I'll go online into your system. Is that right? No. No. Um. See, if I'm not getting it, uh, we're, we're okay. there's going to be millions out there <laughs> that are going to get it. So the, the entity yes. will have used a particular software to produce the financials. Yes. And the same software will be compatible yes. for XBRL. Yes. So they will use <coughs> you can we can use names of software here on, on this is oh. not that kind of show so if they use pastel yes. or, as or a, case an or caseware right yes. 
So, <coughs> so the case where the system is, will be compatible to allow users to submit their financials into CIPC systems. Right. So, so the three components which are key for this uh, functionality is that the company will need to have a software that is able to allow them to communicate to CIPC systems. Right. So once the financials are ready, yes. those financials will just be transmitted to CIPC and yes. CIPC will apply some validations to ensure that the submission is successful. Right. And if there are any um, um, non-compliances, the yes. system will, will automatically return a report to the user to say the following needs to still be added before your submission is successful. Okay. So we're not changing the actual generation of the output document. Yes. We're only changing the mechanism of reporting. Right. So a company does not have to report using PDF anymore. They only report to us from machine to machine. Okay. Now is this kind of, let me, let me ask the, the hard question first, which is what happens if I don't? So you're just not going to accept, uh, um, uh, maybe I should ask you, will you just, if I send it in PDF, uh, of course, but, but what happens if I say I can't find that software, I don't have that software, is it now, uh, I'm now going to be um, in breach, is that right? The, the principles which applied when a company had to submit PDF would yeah. apply no. even with regards to IXBRL. Yeah. And, and CIPC has brought together software service providers into a panel. Yes. And in our discussions, we are deliberating on how can we make it easier for small enterprises to comply. Okay. So I think it is against that background that we will find a way of ensuring that all company owners are able to access software which will allow them to still communicate to CIPC in their submission of annual financial statements. Those who choose not to comply, the, the act is very clear that that will trigger a, an investigation which will lead to a compliance notice, okay. etc. And nobody wants that because yeah. every company wants to make sure that their governance you know, environment is you know, in good standing. So this comes into effect uh, on the 1st of July. And, and I would um, then have to submit my what, 2017 mm -hmm. financials. Is, would that be correct? Okay. Yeah, um, remember, you submit financial statements together with your annual return. Yes. Annual return is due 30 days after your anniversary date. Yes. So say your anniversary date, let's use an example, is 1st of July next year. 30 days later, you have to submit. Yes. So at that stage, your 2018 audited financials would not have been completed yet. So you would have to submit your 2017, yes. So you'd submit 2017 financials plus your annual return at that stage. Okay, well just uh, before last question for you, Jay, I know you're here on this platform talking to yeah, uh, the entrepreneurs, but what other forms of communication are you putting out there to, to let a business know that this is now the, the new normal? We are working closely with the accounting and auditing um, professional bodies yes. to spread the word to the professionals in terms of accountants and auditors. We are also using social media. Mm -hmm. We also um, invest in advertorials, plus also we publish um, articles in various media. Okay. More than anything, workshops, seminars, webinars, that's how we reach out to Okay. The market. Look, um, this w everything changes and everything has to improve, and of course, so does CIPC. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
Um, just as long as I, I wish you a very nice transition, an <laughs> easy transition from PDF uh, to X IXBRL. Um, yeah. Do you want to say something? I just want to add something. Yes. I think on the CIPC website, they've released some very nice FAQs, which yes. the public can go and access to explain some of the information. I think it just makes it easier. Okay, what's the yeah. website? It's www.cipc.co.za. Yeah. Okay. Easy as that. Joey, Juanita, thank, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you. And thanks for always uh, <laughs> coming with your smile. With, uh, with <laughs> At least this time it was uh, good news. Good it wasn't news. bad news. <laughs> Normally she, she comes here and only brings uh, bad news. But today <laughs> it was not bad news. So flat. Thank you. Thank you, Alan. Well, it's time for my impressions for today. And I want to take my impressions from uh, uh, Warren's interview from Zinnia and uh, he spoke about something that I hear far too often with entrepreneurs. You know, when he, uh, spoke, uh, he spoke about the fact that he went and his business w rose to uh, incredible heights and then crashed. And when he was at the lowest low, other people were asking him to come work for them at that time. Now, I call that the sirens. Sirens, of course, are from Greek mythology. In, in, in Greek mythology, there were all these sailors that were in the doldrums. And then there were these, these like mermaids that were sirens calling their the uh, sailors to jump off into the water where, of course, the sirens would drown them and eat them. And um, that uh, is uh, what I call that part of your entrepreneurial journey when you sort of crash and burn and you're trying to get your business back up again. And of course, every, you start to get all sorts of um, people asking you to come work for them or uh, are you really an entrepreneur? Five points to think about if you are in this position right now. The first, of, the first thing is to decide whether or not you are an entrepreneur. And that's a very important thing because sometimes you're not an entrepreneur right now. And that's okay. And if, if you've come uh, to a point where your business has failed and you, and you are not an entrepreneur right now, then uh, to go and get a, a job is the right thing to do. But if you are believe deep down inside, you believe that you are entrepreneurial, deep, deep down inside, then it's important to make that decision that I am an entrepreneur. Go through that pain of making that decision in your head. Then number two, expect the sirens. They will come. Every single entrepreneurial story where there is a crash, where there is a downturn in your business has sirens in it where other people are inviting you to come join uh, their businesses. Okay. If you are an entrepreneur at the t uh, w when you make that decision and you get the sirens, now you know it's in conflict. Number three is co-opt your spouse or your partner into this discussion because if they think that you should go and get a job and you think you're an entrepreneur there will be conflict and more pressure on you to actually uh, give up and go out and find a job so it's important to co-opt them into the discussion number four is fill your time with trying to solve the problem of your business now it's it's an important thing to do that you have a positive distraction uh, in front of you every day, making sure that you're focused on just trying to turn your business around every day. Don't look for other negative distractions. Which brings me to the last point here, which is never, never uh, go to a lunch meeting or a dinner meeting just to listen. It will, it will be the beginning of the end. If somebody invites you and says, what, can, what, to, what harm can I do? Just come listen to what I have to offer you. It will mess with your head. It will take away the pressure to actually move forward and uh, you will probably land up 
as part of the 90% of the 96% of entrepreneurs who just one day wake up and say, I just can't do it anymore. Don't be one of those. Well, that's it for my impressions for today. Do remember that in 2018, we are coming to you. We are getting out of our fancy studios and we are coming to your business wherever you might be in Gauteng. So if you are in Gauteng and you want uh, me to come to your business, maybe to showcase what you do at your business, show off a little bit, and then let's talk about some issues that you might be having in your business. Let's sit down and have that discussion in your business. If you want to be on, on our show, do make a booking on Big Small at bdtv.co.za or engage with us on Twitter at bsbs underscore bdtv. It's goodbye from me and remember if you think it, write it down and make it a reality. The courage to grow is business. The Big Small Business Show made possible by MTN Business, a new world of business. And by Chartered Accountants of South Africa. Lead your industry with a responsible partner. Partner with the CASA today.